The numbers have been crunched and the verdict is in. Covid-19 slowed European buyer activity to a crawl in H1. But which regions fared comparatively better? And which ones are picking up steam quickest as the world emerges from lockdown? The whole team gathers to discuss key trends and bright spots from the first half and see what's in store for the rest of 2020 in this week's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. I'm Greg Gilles, the editor of Unquote, and I'll be hosting this special episode today. First of all, I hope you're all well and perhaps even managed to get a bit of well-deserved rest after what was no doubt a hectic second quarter. Or maybe you're listening to this on your holidays, in which case, good on you. Uh, The summer is always a busy time for us, as our researchers crunch the numbers furiously and the reporters catch up with their contacts across the industry too, so that we can give you a clear picture of activity in the year so far and see what's what's on the horizon. Obviously, this year threw a massive curveball right as Q1 was ending, so the results are interesting to say the least. We thought we'd get the whole team together for this episode to give you a quick rundown of the key takeaways for each main European market. So that's a lot to go through. I'll uh, get right into it by starting with the big picture pan-European numbers. Our recently released Q2 stats are pretty clear on the impact that coronavirus has had on deal flow from March onwards. The headline figure of 714 deals can make it look like the slowdown wasn't as sharp as expected, but that's purely because venture and growth capital activity held up pretty well, which is a silver lining in itself. But if we look at European buyout volume, that dropped by almost 40% in Q2, and I'm sure no one will be surprised by that given the fact that deal flow was pretty much dead in its track for much of April and May as well. The value of transactions fell to less than one third of what we'd seen in the previous two quarters as well. So overall, we had 151 buyouts announced between April and June. That's a 20 quarter low and a sharp drop from the 241 deals that were completed in Q1. As would be expected, it was mostly the slowdown at the top end of the market that impacted overall buyout value the most. We recorded aggregate buyout value of 18 billion euros in Q2. That's massively down from around 60 billion in the previous quarter. Almost all regions saw a sharp decline in activity in Q2, uh, with the UK and France being the hardest hit, as we'll see later. So that all sounds pretty grim, but there is hope. First of all, the preliminary figures for July indicate a sharp rebound in the number of P deals announced. Total buyout volume went up from 51 in June to 89 in July. That's a 66% increase. Although it has to be noted that this volume total is pretty low compared to typical July periods in recent years. If I look at last year, for instance, we had 132 deals in July. Another uh, positive take as well is that the regions that were originally hit the hardest by the outbreak saw the sharpest rebounds in July. And these include Southern Europe, uh, where deal volume increased from three transactions in June to 20 in July, and France as well, up from 9 to 26. Um, And both these regions reached pre-crisis volume totals, which is quite encouraging um, when it comes to the ability of the PE industry to rebound. Uh, Another key takeaway is that the large cap segment uh, finally woke from its slumber uh, over the summer. 
in France, KKR and Ardian investing in Elsan, uh, an operator of private hospitals and clinics previously owned by CVC. Uh, the deal gave the company an enterprise value of almost $3.5 billion, uh, which is around 12 times EBITDA. Meanwhile, in Italy, BC Partners made the first move towards a take private for EMA, uh, which is a manufacturer of packaging machinery in a deal valuing the company at 3.6 billion euros. And more recently, of course, we've seen HG increasing its stake in software company Visma, which has been valued at a whopping $12.2 billion. So market players that we've been speaking to are also feeling increasingly bullish for the rest of the year. But there are a couple of caveats to that. Um, the first one is that GPs are still likely to be very selective. So competition for the best assets is bound to be intense. And obviously that comes in tandem with punchy price tags. So the wave of opportunistic plays or a general cool down in pricing uh, that some were potentially expecting when uh, when the COVID outbreak happened, um, that's not quite materialized yet. And it remains to be seen if that's ever going to be the case. The other caveat is that the situation is obviously still extremely fluid, uh, as recent news have shown. So any new flare-ups and and potential lockdowns, even if they're more limited in scope, uh, could still throw a spanner in the works when it comes to uh, processes on the way, but more importantly, reduce the appetite to invest as people get uh, even more freaked out by the uncertainty. But that's the general gist of it, and uh, it's fair to say that not all European markets have been impacted equally, uh, nor are they rebounding at the same rate, as I said before. So without further ado, I'll turn to my expert panel to discuss all this, and we're going to start with our UK reporter, Catherine Hidalgo. Hi, Kat. Thanks for being with us. Thanks very much for having me, Greg. So what's happening in the UK then? Um, I think people were finally expecting a, a bit of a break after the general election in December. Um, that led to a fairly busy Q1 from what I remember. Uh, but surely there was a bit of a rude awakening from March onwards, wasn't there? Yes, absolutely, Greg. As you can imagine, the decline of buyout volume was particularly precipitous following the shockwaves of the COVID-19 outbreak. Buyout saw a drop from 59 transactions in the first quarter of 2020 to just 21 in Q2, which is actually the lowest level since the first quarter of 2009. So the picture when we do look at total investment volume seems a lot brighter. Um, As you mentioned before, on a pan-European level, when we include growth capital, venture and early stage investment, investment volume did hold up with 398 deals in the UK and Ireland. And that's according to Unquote Data. This figure is in line with the first half of 2019's investment volume, and that was roughly 404 deals, though it represents a 15% drop from the second half of 2019's record high of 470 deals. This reflects the strength of the venture ecosystem in the region, I would say, actually. Um, kind of because we, we knew from the establishment of the UK's future fund that venture was a priority for the Chancellor, that may have been a catalyst for continued investment in the sector. Um, I've actually seen uh, covering deals over the last few months that British patient capital has been engaging in a number of funding rounds, such as Eurasio's $33 million investment in Thought Machine and Evolution's $64.7 million round in Quantexa. 
Of course, when we look from a sector perspective, the uh, the big loser was, of course, consumer. Uh, the percentage of consumer buyouts of total buyout volume dropped from 28% in the first half of 2019 to 22% in the same period in 2020. And this follows a much larger trend um, that has seen the percentage of total deals made up by consumer buyouts steadily drop from 35% of all buyouts in 2015. And of course, propelled by the digitalization that has swept the UK due to the advent of widespread remote working, technology gained further market share of total investment volume. This is, of course, pushed by venture um, and and its focus on technology and tech-enabled companies. But the percentage of all investments made in companies in the technology sector grew from 44% in the first half of 2019 to 52% in the same period in 2020. I'd say my final takeaway from the half one stats um, would be the dramatic decline in exits since March. The second quarter of 2020 saw 39 exits, uh, which is actually the lowest level since the second quarter of 1997, and a 33% decrease on the 29Q2 volume, so really quite dramatic. Speaking to market participants, this is a trend that may continue through Q3 and Q4, with GPs um, continuing to invest in new businesses, while the appetite to sell their own assets has really not yet reached tipping point. Um, This will more than likely lead to a rise in the length of holding periods over the coming months. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Kat. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the dry powder reserves are are particularly high in the UK. Um, So as as you said, the appetite to invest should be there. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if if some of that starts finding a home in the coming weeks as well. And if it starts following in the the footsteps of of France and, and Southern Europe, which have been a little bit more active. Um, now I'd like to turn to Harriet Matthews, our DAF reporter. As I have a feeling the lockdown had a, maybe a more limited impact on activity there. Is that right, Harriet? Yes, Greg, that does seem to have been the case. So private equity activity in the DAF market held up fairly well under the pandemic pressure in the first half of 2020. And venture and growth activity actually saw a peak in the first half in terms of volume of deals. However, the market hasn't emerged entirely unscathed, especially when it comes to fundraising. And there is still uncertainty about how Q3 and Q4 will ultimately look in terms of deal doing. Starting off with the stats for buyouts, as would be expected, the first half of 2020 saw a drop in deal flow compared with the same period in 2019. The region recorded 75 buyouts in the first half compared with 88 in the first half of 2019. So it's actually not a huge drop. And breaking this down, there was also no significant fall once lockdown hit. So Q1 2020 saw 36 buyout deals compared with 38 in Q2. Looking at aggregate deal value, the value of deals in the first half of 2020 appears to have held up well in spite of the pandemic at a first glance, with buyouts totaling 27.9 billion euros in the first half of 2020, compared with 23 billion in the first half of 2019. But we should remember, obviously, that February this year saw the largest buyout ever recorded in the DAF region, which was, of course, the 17.2 billion euro to some elevator deal. And without such a large value deal to bolster 
seven figures. There were 74 buyouts completed, amounted to 10.7 billion euros, which is actually a fairly steep drop. So we can see that there was a clear effect on deal value. Larger deals were simply just harder to get done due to the financing situation, especially in Q2, with notable exceptions such as hygiene products producer Schulke. But many GPs who were able to still push forward in the smaller end of the market, often via all equity deals. Now, I mentioned the venture and growth stats as well, which were quite interesting. And I think this is a trend we've seen throughout Europe, actually. Um, as we've mentioned, in the first half of 2020 in the DAF region, there were 275 venture and growth capital deals with an aggregate value of almost 3.5 billion, compared with 168 deals totaling 3.4 billion in the first half of 2019. And actually, just over half of those 275 deals were seen in Q2 2020, which is also fairly surprising. So there was more activity at the smaller end of the market here too, as was the case for buyouts. But this is still clearly a positive for the DAF region. Now, turning lastly to fundraising, just over 4 billion euros was raised across 21 vehicles in the first half of 2020. That comprises nine first closes and 12 final closes, compared with almost 14 billion euros across 25 vehicles in the same period in 2019. So fundraising has clearly been challenging this year, and opinions are still split on whether dealmaking is likely to recover in Q3 or Q4, and we'll obviously be sure to dive into those stats as soon as we can. So while the market certainly weathered the storm well in the first half of the year, it's likely that it won't be plain sailing for a little while yet. Thank you very much for that, Harriet. Very useful. Um, We're going to take a little break now, but when we're back, we'll head south to see how the situation has evolved in Italy and Spain. So stay tuned. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Southern Europe was obviously the geography hit the earliest and the hardest by the COVID outbreak, um, certainly in Europe. But it does look like the rebound has been noticeable in recent weeks. So to give us a bit of an overview, I'm going to turn to our local expert, Alessia Argentieri. Hi, Alessia. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. As you said, the Southern European market has been deeply affected by the pandemic. Italy and Spain were the first European countries hit by the outbreak, and their private equity activity was almost paralyzed for months, resulting in a severe decrease in their volume and value during the first half of the year. The region recorded only 42 buyouts in the first six months of 2020, for a combined enterprise value of 6.3 billion euros, with a significant decrease after the 105 buyouts worth 13.5 billion euros inked in the previous semester and the 76 deals worth almost 13 billion euros recorded in the first half of 2019. So this was a decrease of more than 50%. And our figures include January and February, when the market was still healthy and dynamic. But if we look only at the period between March and June, the decrease is even more impressive. There were only 19 buyouts for 1.3 billion euros in this time frame, while in the same period of 2019, there were 54 buyouts for a combined value of 10.7 billion euros. However, since the end of June, with infections and death rates decreasing in Italy and Spain and the reopening of factories and commercial activities, the local market has shown signs of a recovery. And in July, the region recorded levels of activity similar and even higher than previous years, counting 20 buyouts worth an aggregate value of 5.7 billion euros. This substantial and rapid change in pace was possible because the crisis triggered by the coronavirus is not a liquidity crisis. 
On the contrary, the private equity industry has a lot of dry powder to deploy and now is regaining confidence in the Southern European market. A market that was badly hit by the pandemic, but which is still rich in attractive opportunities. That's why we have recently seen some very large deals, such as the BC Partners investment in Milan-listed IMA that you mentioned before, Greg. The Partners Group's acquisition of Portuguese agrichemical business Rovenza in a 1 billion euros secondary buyout from Bridgepoint. And the acquisition of Surfaces, bought by TA Associates from Astorg in a 600 million euros deal, among others. Yeah, and um, and speaking of dry powder, you've also been keeping a, a close eye on fundraising in the region from from April onwards, because um, the early and, and very stringent lockdowns that are in place in, in Italy and Spain uh, meant that logistics were were particularly tricky for for investors on the road there. Uh, what's been what's been going on since then? Well, if we look at the fundraising scenario, we can see that the pandemic has significantly affected fund activity in Southern Europe, causing disruption and delays. Several GPs told Unquote that discussions with LPs were put on hold, while fundraising continued, but at a much slower pace, resulting in the postponement of many final closes. There were only nine vehicles that held the final close in the first semester of the year across the region, raising 1.3 billion euros. By comparison, 13 funds closed in H1 2019, with combined capital of 3.2 billion euros and 10 reached the final closings in H1 2018, collecting 3 billion euros on aggregate. However, the region also recorded eight first closes in H1 2020. And this is a sign that despite uncertainty, the market is still dynamic and is capable of raising capital and attracting local and international LPs, especially for well-established private equity houses. One such example was MCH Private Equity, which raised 200 million in a first closing for its fifth fund in April. Southern Europe also saw a proliferation of vehicles specifically engineered to support the recovery of companies hit by the crisis, including several special situation and turnaround funds, like Sherpa Special Situation Thirds, for example, or Antares Fondo Lusso Lifestyle. So, looking at the coming months, the local market still has many challenges to face in the second half of the year. But fundraising activity is forecast to pick up, and several GPs are expected to hold final closings, including Axia Capital 5, Sumagrot Second, and Jed 6 Expania. And deal flow is also expected to become richer, especially from the beginning of 2021. So, market expectations are not so bad. Thank you very much for that, Alessia. Very comprehensive overview of what's been happening there. Uh, speaking of regions that, that appear to rebound quickly post-lockdown, now might actually be a good time to see what's been happening in France. Um, France was hit pretty hard by the, the virus early on, and the lockdown measures were also stricter than in other European countries for most of Q2, pretty similar to what was seen in, uh, in Spain and Italy. So it's no surprise that deal flow was badly affected. Uh, Unquote recorded a 65% drop in the volume of French buyouts between Q1 and Q2. And that's bearing in mind that a lot of the deals that are ranked in early to even mid Q2 would have mostly been negotiated pre-outbreak. Uh, in fact, if we look at activity on a monthly basis, we can see that only six buyouts were recorded for April uh, compared to 19 in April last year. I'm pretty sure we never saw such a low monthly volume in France, even during the GFC. There was a pretty timid rebound in May, uh, but June was also pretty poor. So overall, the very low Q2 total isn't that surprising. 
But there's a couple of silver linings. Uh, the first one is that, much like what we've seen in the rest of Europe, um, VC and growth activity was actually pretty resilient in lockdown. The volume of investments in that space stayed pretty much level between Q1 and Q2 and uh, at a high level by recent standards. Although funding rounds were smaller on average than what we've been accustomed to in the past couple of years. Um, the other silver lining is that, as I mentioned briefly in the introduction, there was a really sharp rebound in buyout activity in July, including uh, a few larger deals. In fact, we saw more buyouts in that single month than we did in the whole of Q2. So again, quite similar situation to what we might have seen in Italy. Um, it might not have been as busy as July 2019 in France, uh, but the 26 deals that we have on record for that month are actually f- a bit higher than the monthly average across 2019. Uh, and that to me suggests that there was a, a fair bit of pent-up appetite that was unleashed once the situation started improving in late Q2. And let's not disregard the fact that you know some of these deals were also progressing in, in lockdown. The ones obviously that were um, able to, to gather significant interest um, for, for them to actually proceed. Now, it's a bit hard to gauge where we are right now, given that the country is uh, traditionally quieter in August. Uh, but our esteemed colleagues at, at Merge Market are tracking a few processes underway. So we should have a better view into what the rest of H2 will have in store when September gets going. So that's it for France, which could be in for a busier second half, again, provided the situation doesn't deteriorate too much there. Um, finally, we're going to look at the Nordic countries with a bit of help from our reporter, Eliza Punchy. Hi, Eliza. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so lockdowns were perhaps less stringent in Scandinavia than in the rest of Europe. Uh, but did that have a, a bearing on, on PE and VC activity in, uh, in Q2 and maybe H1 as a whole? Um, so... It looks like in the first half of this year, the buyout volume in the Nordic region fell by 46% compared to the same period last year. And um, Sweden, which was the only Nordic country without a government-imposed lockdown, it still saw a 38% drop in buyout deals. And in terms of deal value as well, Um, The total buyout deal value was just over 2 billion euros, which is a far cry from um, over 14 billion euros seen in the first half of last year. Um, So I'd say that despite some countries in the region facing less severe lockdown restrictions, the Nordic countries definitely haven't dodged the impact of the pandemic. Um, especially when we look at the exits data, things look even more depressing. Um, so in the first half of this year, there were only 47 exit deals, um, which is the lowest number seen in more than a decade. And it's actually comparable to the number of exits um, seen during the financial crash when there were just 50 deals in the first half of 2009. Um, so. You know, it certainly has not been a time to initiate sale processes, um, especially um, on the on the sell side. I think there's a lot of concern over the impact on exit multiples, um, and on the buy side, um, focusing instead on you know the exi- the existing portfolio companies instead of buying new ones. And um, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Um, for the rest of this year. Uh, So I don't think the volume is likely to recover um, 
because um, there's still concerns over the sec, you know, over a second um, wave of the pandemic um, and um, what the right valuations are for companies. Um, but um, I think um, one interesting thing um, you would uh, you would expect a lot of receivership deals. Um, um, at this time, oh, so do you mean do you mean companies going into administration, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So companies yeah. going into administration and uh, GPs exiting um, because of that. Uh, but in Q two, there was just one of these, um, okay. which involved Silverfleet Capital exiting uh, the Masai Clothing Company, um, whose twenty three Norwegian and Swedish stores filed for bankruptcy. Um, and this number is quite low compared to what you would expect, but. Speaking to market participants, some of them think that um, so far the government help has propped up a lot of these companies for now and a lot more of these deals will come to market during the second half of the year. Um, but the upside, um, similar to other regions of Europe, um, is the venture capital activity which has remained quite high despite the pandemic. So the overall VC deal volume is up by more than 26% compared to last year. And Finland in particular has seen deal volume more than double. Now, the reason for this seems to be that the Nordic region is you know, dominated by tech companies which have suffered relatively less or even benefited from the pandemic. Um, I think it's also because of the presence of state-owned PE firms like Tessie in Finland, um, which have stepped in to sort of make up for the lack of foreign investors who normally make up a good chunk of VC investments into Finnish companies. Um, and I think it's also simply down to the availability of dry powder. So VC firms which were fortunate enough to have capital available during this time have definitely not shied away from deploying it. That's excellent. That's uh, that's really good news. And again, I think that's a theme that is emerging uh, throughout Europe at the moment. Is that um, by I mean due to, due to the nature of the companies they invest in, but also um, I, I think perhaps their their ability to navigate lockdowns a little bit more nimbly, because uh, obviously we're not talking about you know massive sale processes um, with lots of parties, management meetings, etc. There's still due diligence to be done, of course, on venture deals, but uh, by and large they seem to have held up a little bit better. Um, thank you very much for that, Eliza. Really, uh, really useful um, roundup of what's been happening in the Nordics. So that was quite a lot to take in. Uh, overall so I think we'll wrap up for this episode but if you do want a more granular look at H1 figures and more insight from PE players across Europe I'd recommend giving our recently released September magazine a read and you can also get the full lowdown on Q2 stats with the latest private equity barometer uh, which we publish in association with Aberdeen Standard Investments so both of these will be available in PDF format on www.unquote.com Finally, I'd like to thank my panel for being with us today and thank you all for tuning in, of course. Uh, the whole team wishes you a fruitful rest of the year and we look forward to coming to you with more episodes of the podcast soon. In the meantime, take care. Take care.